I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Thursday edition of The Athletic Hockey Show. It's the internet's only Sweden-centric American podcast. I think that's what we are now. We just talked I'm to, in Canada. It doesn't matter. Okay. You're here all the time. This is the second oh. consecutive show <laughs> that I've done featuring colleagues of mine who are uh, covering games in Sweden. I'm not mad about it. I'm not upset. This is not sour grapes. I'm fine with whatever's gone on here. I'm joined by Haley Salvian and Max Boltman. Max is in Gothenburg? Stockholm. Stockholm. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, nope, buddy? Try again. <laughs> I'm doing great. It's uh, this is my first time in Stockholm. Third straight season, I've found an excuse to get sent to Sweden. Uh, <laughs> I I bought a Trey Croner uh, jacket today just to commemorate that. I I feel like by now I have Swedish citizenry, uh, and I'm loving it. This is the first time I haven't had any jet lag. I'm just crushing vitamin well reloads, my favorite Swedish beverage. And and I'm crushing Giflar, these little mini cinnamon rolls that I've just been tearing through uh, like a bandit. Here, I'll hold one up here. They're just little tiny cinnamon rolls. That's amazing. Are they supposed to be flat or did you like sit on them? No, yeah, they're smushed for sure, but um, they're very good. They're just like a little cinnamon (laughs) roll. So He's going to, oh. Giflar. He's eating one now. I think the craziest thing about all of this is that for all the time you spent in Sweden over the last, whatever, over the last few years, probably like six, seven, nine months maybe, <laughs> you have never been to Stockholm. That is insane. I feel like that would yeah. be, I, I know work's taking you there for the most part, but I, it's just wild that, you know, you haven't actually made it to, made it to the, you know, the capital or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I was a West Coast elitist uh, for Sweden. It was all Gothenburg <laughs> and Engelholm. Last time I went, I went to a UFO site. Haven't seen one of those yet. But uh, oh. Stockholm is absolutely beautiful. So hoping to see the the old town, the history, the historic part tomorrow because uh, the Red Wings won't skate because it's back-to-back. But uh, so far, absolutely loving it and eating very, very well, as you'll be thrilled to know. <laughs> you got a game to cover in like, Five hours, don't you? Four hours? Yeah, They're four hours. Good, aren't they? You yep. also haven't said hello to me yet. I'm just going to say. <laughs> I was just going to interject. I'm here too. Hello, Haley. I'm, I'm sorry. I did not mean to snub <laughs> there you. There was a delay. Max, go ahead. <laughs> this is, I mean, we just saw each other last week at your wedding. Let's see the ring, by the way. Flash, flash the ring, big boy. Congra- and congratulations to Max yeah. and Allison. How about that? There go. Your trip, <laughs> your, your, your honeymoon is a, a work trip to Sweden with your wife. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. It's great. <laughs> um, Love that. But Max, please, I'm sorry. Please go ahead. Tell us about the game. It's at two o'clock Eastern for those of us who are still in the in in the North America. Uh, it's the Sens. It's the Red Wings. It's the first game of the Global Series. Um, you had a good story actually about. Um, 
kind of what teams go through, like the grind of this. Because it seems like this cool thing off to Sweden for for a little bit, but you know, you have a transatlantic flight, then you're right on the ice to practice, and then you've got back-to-back games, and this all counts, by the way. So can you give us a bit of a peek about what's going on over there? Absolutely. And, and that, to me, you know, you asked, you know, about the game. That's what's going to, to me, decide it, right? You have this this rivalry game, these two emerging teams that have grown a little bit of a healthy rivalry the last couple of years, um, some physical games, some fast games. This one, I think, is just deci- going to be decided by who managed jet lag better because they did both get in and they, they've had to try to kick this uh, really quickly. You know, you go six time zones away and you think about it. If you try to go to bed at 11 p.m. here, your body 100% thinks that that's a five o'clock nap and you are going to wake up at 4 a.m. and you are going to have a really hard time getting back to sleep. And then you're going to be expected to go practice at a high level. You got to get your meals timed up. The first time I came, it took me like basically the whole week. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of these guys who I think it's their first time, you know, the Red Wings have certainly tried to, to, to make this all work, right? Like they, they, did a practice, like you said, right after an eight and a half hour flight, just to try to get kickstarted on that schedule. When I was talking to guys Tuesday and Wednesday, they all felt like they were making progress. They were going to be on track by game time. But that is, to me, what this is going to come down to is who did a better job finding a way to do that. And it may not even be anything they can control. Maybe who got luckier with with how their jet lag worked out. So um, I'll be very interested to see the pace of this game, I think, is, is where I'm going with that. What's the vibe you're getting from fans there? I'm I'm always interested to see how this stuff works, whether it's whether it's NHL games in Europe or whenever the, the NFL hits, you know, London for those games. Anytime you have North American sports that are being played, you know, overseas, I'm always interested to see what the vibe is like from the fans. So are, are there are people interested? I mean, truly, are, oh. are, like what's the what's the what's the vibe around around the hotel and, and, and all the folks you've seen so far? Yeah, most definitely. There was a guy in a Litstrom jersey at the little uh, taco bar I had lunch at today. I, I was uh, walking by this big sporting goods store, walked into it too. Um, they've got like a whole NHL display in there of the, of the four teams that are that are here this week. Saw an Iserman in a Hashik jersey walking by the local Ikea, which I was thrilled to discover actually like they actually have Ikeas here. I kind of, I guess always thought that that was just like a US store that was like Swedish themed. It doesn't really make any sense that that would have been the case, but yeah, so they have Ikea here. I totally and, uh, thought that would be like going to Italy and seeing like a Sabaro or something. An Olive Garden, right. That's what I thought too, right? Yeah, no, they, they have them here. So uh, I don't know yeah. if they have Olive Garden in Italy though. Exactly. That's what uh, I thought. Like, I, I, I know they, that they don't. They for sure don't. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there was a huge contingent. Like, like, I don't know, like hard to ballpark, 100, 200, whatever. Red Wings fans in the stands at their Tuesday practice and they were like giving every player an ovation as they came out onto the ice. Uh, they were chanting like, let's go Red Wings during practice. So clearly some people have made the trip. I talked to some guys who, you know, family have have come along um, and, and are doing the sightseeing thing too. So um, that part I think is really cool. And I think that's why they do it, right? In spite of the hardships that are going to come with travel, a bunch of which Haley, as you alluded to from that story, is actually going to come like after this trip, like coming back to the US and jumping right back mm-hmm. into an NHL schedule. I can't even imagine what that's going to be like having burned so many of their off days around accounting for this jet, this jet lag on both ends of this. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a grind, but I think that's why they do it is that it is a really cool experience for the players. And, and as Sean mentioned, the fans. I feel like I always applaud, like it's always so humbling and this is where you have more, (laughs) I guess, respect for players and you obviously acknowledge that they have way more resource than we do. But I feel like anytime I come back from a work trip, I need like a day to rest or I get a cold or something. And I've just been following them around sitting, sitting and watching, not skating, not training, not doing anything active. I'm just like watching a hockey game, but traveling always kicks my ass to the point where I have a cold right now. If you can't tell how congested and ridiculous I sound. So I can't imagine like, I think I was sick for like two weeks after I came back from the women's world championships in Denmark. Like, I don't know how all those teams went over there and then played and won gold medals. And I'm sitting there like day five in Denmark being like, Oh, I feel so sick. I'm the same way. (laughs) I flew from Pittsburgh to Raleigh yesterday and I acted like I was, you know, across the Atlantic on a oh, boat. He's or something. a warrior. <laughs> I'm so heard, tired. You should have heard me whining to Jesse and Jeff when I had to record the the show the show yesterday. 
Hey, Max, are way. you hosting a meet and greet with Red Wings fans? No, I probably should. Have done. I don't. I don't know that I have the army like Russo does yet to pull something like that off. I think I'd be afraid that I'd do it, and then just like my two beer league teammates that happen to be here would be the only two guys to show up. <laughs> oh, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did run into one on the street yesterday, just completely coincidentally. Shout out to Chris. Love that. Hi, Chris. Why are your oh? Because they're they're just over to watch the game. They're just like, like on vacation yeah. They're just like Metro Detroit Red Wings fans. They're here for that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Is the uh, does Lucas Raymond get any like love from the mobs there? Like, is he is he like? Oh yeah, he, I feel like yesterday. He, I, feel, I feel like I, I feel like he could get he could get swarmed coming out of a hotel or a coffee shop over over there. Yeah, he's he's definitely been the the media darling here so far, uh, having to do more than his fair share. I think the other day I walked into the locker room and there was a camera guy. This is two days or I said a day before the Global Series, just. ISO cam on him, like changing, like taking off his like shoulder and shin pads and stuff. I'm sure it'll be the B roll for, for tomorrow. But it was very funny to just like, okay, this is this is all spotlight on you here, Lucas. You had a profile of him that dropped a couple of days ago. It was it was really good, just kind of going over, you know, the changes that he made in his off season uh, in his off season regimen after sort of a, I think it's fair to call it a disappointing second year there. We we but we've seen I, well. You've seen it pay off so far in year three. It seems like he's seems like he's stronger. He's definitely definitely heavier, and seems like he's maintained you know the speed that we've all seen from him over, over the last couple of years, right? Like it, this is all. I guess what I'm saying is this isn't like a best shape of his life cliche thing that you see from people whenever they're when, whenever they come into camp after after working out a little bit more. It seems like this actually did stick in a pretty functional lo- level for him, right? Yeah, and some of it's pretty logical, right? Like you think about mm-hmm. he, he was this five foot eleven, one seventy something. Like he he was always gonna get stronger. He needed to get stronger, and of course that was gonna unlock uh, all these components to his game. The point, though, I think is you know he really took it serious, took the nutritional aspect of it serious to make it happen. And uh, so far, I think that's that's been successful. He's got nine points in his last ten games coming into these these games, and I'm sure he'll be uh, revved up to to perform in them. So Max, what's your schedule for the next couple of days? I know, like I, we said, we know you have a game to deal with uh, in in a few hours here after we're taping. But is there, you know, what's the what's the work, you know, Stockholm uh, visitation balance like for you over, over the next few days? Because I feel like you're there until December at this point. It's it's, it's a long it's a long trip for you guys. It, it's it's winding down quick though, right? Like it's mm-hmm. I, it felt that way to me too. And then I woke up today and I was like, oh geez, like I fly out Saturday, so they play the back to back. They're the okay. front two games, and today like was their last morning skate. Like they won't morning skate out on a back to back tomorrow. So yeah, we'll do the game tonight right off that, and then I'll wake up tomorrow and there won't be anything until game time. So uh, may see if there's anything any stories to find, but if not, it, it may just be f- walking around that kind of historic old town area and uh you know getting the good instagram content for for olsg <laughs> to to like on my my page that's me big ig guy let's go yeah <laughs> thanks buddy have a good uh this was fun ha- have a good couple days keep thanks, eating your weird I'll... keep eating your eating your weird Wait, little donuts and also uh, bring some do you have here. any more treats i have to the share full with size the class? cinnamon buns that are even cooler these are like <laughs> woven <laughs> Yeah. I have big small cinnamon, cinnamon guy. buns, Look, and I have see, big like, cinnamon like buns. Oh, yeah, that's Whoa. the is that a cardamom bun? <laughs> Allison had a cardamom <laughs> bun um, this morning. I haven't had one yet. Are you a fan? You got to you yes. Go get one. Okay. wherever right. where, wherever you can find them. All right, you I think they make bum. them in, in mini variety? <laughs> Yeah, you know what you know what do you should you think they have the small ones. What you should do is ask for a bag of little ones and then I'm sit overwhelmed. on them. I'm getting very warm. <laughs> Every time I speak, I say something poorly and I'm just gonna use my platform really quick to say that I know you might just think this is just like a vitamin water. But it is, I have had like three of these a day. I I need these in the United States. What vitamin is it? Well is it like reload. Swedish Gatorade? It the- it seems like Swedish vitamin water, but it's so good. It's shockingly good. Okay. This episode of the Athletic Hockey Show is brought to you by <laughs> Vitamin Well. Thank you, Vitamin Well, for sponsoring this episode. 
Hey, whatever happened to our um, our plea for a steak sponsor? Yeah, Omaha Steaks. Get, get on it. We, <laughs> we probably have to like revisit that segment here soon so that we can justify Omaha it. Steaks. Yeah. Omaha Steaks in Swedish. He's eating cinnamon oh, buns while we're recording. He know, can't. He can't. Hey, when in Stockholm? When in Stockholm? Yeah. Please refer to them by their proper name, Giflar. 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 Oh my god. I feel like I just have to not try to say anything Swedish because I always mess it up. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Max. See you guys. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we are very excited to bring in our, I guess, second guest of the day. We're done with Max Boltman. He's in Sweden. We don't care anymore because Corey Chevry's with us. She joins us from Montreal, from PWHL training camps, which just opened on Wednesday. Really exciting time in women's hockey and got a great coach to chat for the next little bit. Corey, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. I was excited uh, when I got the, the call. Oh, great. Well, we were very excited when we heard that uh, you were going to come on. And yeah, we we literally booted our third co-host said, <laughs> go back on your hit Swedish the, the road, vacation. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> 10 <laughs> minutes with Max. We need more time with Corey. We don't we don't care about the Red Wings today. <laughs> <laughs> so training camps are officially open in the PWHL. On Ice starts Friday. It's kind of medicals, fitness testing going on right now. It was in the uh, Toronto camp yesterday, and it was a pretty cool setup, seeing everyone getting fitted for whatever equipment they wanted, like Nat Spooners buzzing around, being like, which kind of gear should I get? It's like first day of school, like book fair day almost. Like everyone's just buzzing, trying to pick out all their stuff for for the school year. So what can you tell us about the vibe in Montreal right now, Corey? Yeah, I mean, it was a very similar vibe. Um, I think it was really cool for us as staff members uh, to finally have everybody in person, all of the players, uh, you know, in the building. And we had a pretty cool picture posted of of all the players walking towards our first meeting, which was just surreal, right? We've We've had phone conversations, we've had emails, we've had Zoom calls, uh, and now for everyone to be in the building was pretty cool. And, um, you know, we just had such a great setup for the first day uh, in Montreal from our meeting to uh, the press conference um, and getting some of the medical uh, accomplished yesterday as well. Uh, so, you know, the the energy was really high. The vibe was good. Uh, the players were so excited to be there and to finally meet each other. And uh, so, you know, we feel like we've got a really good group of people. Take us back to getting this job. I know it's. I know the past few months have been. I'm just. Yeah. Conti- I'm continually blown away by how much work you guys have put in, really s- since the yeah. since the announcement. But I mean, how, what was the process like for you landing landing in Montreal? Because we all were so so excited when when, when we saw you pop up as a uh, as the person there. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I had established a relationship. Uh, with some of the staff and uh, with Danielle Sauvageau uh, from working with Team Harvey's in the PWHPA last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my vision and, and Danielle's vision aligned. And it was something that uh, really excited excited me. Um, Montreal was a city that I haven't lived in yet. 
And um, I knew that, uh, you know, with the team that we were going to put together, I had a, a lot of trust in that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm currently working on my French and uh, that's actually been something that I've wanted to do over the past few years. I, I took French all through school, but if you don't use it, uh, you lose it. So they say, <laughs> yes, and, uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's been kind of cool too, just to, you know, really dive into to my French lessons. It, it kind of gives my brain a break from, from hockey and it, it makes me think differently. And so, uh, so that's been pretty cool too. So uh, Montreal was a no-brainer uh, for me, and and I was really excited to to get the opportunity. And and kind of looking back on the process now, it's like, wow, we are the original six coaches of this league, and a pretty coveted position to to be one of the six. And so I'm 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 forever grateful for that opportunity to to start this and and uh, be with the team that we have and. And, you know, being a player back in the day uh, in the CWHL and and seeing how far it has come uh, to this point, it's it's exciting for for me as a former player and, and now a coach to be able to to go into this new era side by side, shoulder to shoulder with these players uh, and really create something special. I'm curious, and I was going to ask this a little bit later, but I'll just do it now because you mentioned the CWHL. So you're with the Furies from 2010 to 2016. Yep, and I know, <laughs> and I know we're still in the early stages of this league. You know, puck hasn't dropped yet, but like, what is different to you already about the PWHL, and like, what makes this league so important for the future of the sport? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, back uh, back in the CWHL days, um, we did the best uh, we could with what we had. And I think the biggest difference is just the investment and the resources that are now going into this league, um, you know, and, and, and having people in place. Uh, for the positions that I think were lacking back in the day. So now we have, you know, not one person doing 10 jobs. We have 10 people for those 10 jobs. And mm -hmm. I think that that is so, so important. I mean, kudos to to all the pioneers uh, back in the day who who did all of those uh, tasks and gladly did them to, to keep women's hockey uh, on the ice. Uh, but, you know, now we're in a, a place where, um, women's sports are supported and women's sports are watched. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a really exciting time and we wouldn't be where we are today without everybody and, and all their work from the past, but now we're just supported in a much different way. And it's so amazing to see. Can you take us through the draft day, Corey? I, like I was there, um, I guess I kind of was working two jobs that day, going from the broadcast then down to the draft floor. So I don't, I didn't totally get the whole experience of when it started, but you obviously see all the GMs at the draft tables and all the players are there, their families are there. Uh, Montreal makes its 15 selections. Like, what was that day like for you? And I guess how much, and this might be a silly question, but how much input did you feel you were putting into with like Danielle Sauvageau at the table and saying like, oh, I could really use a player like this on my, you know, second line or this could be really good for a D pair. What was that kind of process like? Yeah, so really cool day. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget that day, but there's so much that goes into it. Um, the level of preparation before the day actually happens. Um, you know, we obviously had a team of people working together, watching the players, um, ranking the players, uh, really coming up with plan A, B, C, D, E for every scenario that could possibly come our way. And, um, you know, that was that was pretty cool to, you know, see like, oh, yeah, we got our A plan or, hey, we need to pivot quickly here uh, with with our next plan. And so, you know, having to think on the spot and having to make decisions on the spot was was a really cool opportunity to go through that. Um, and then Danielle, I mean, her and I, we work together on on everything. So uh, I was heavily involved in in all of those picks. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is we have to trust, trust each other, but we also had to trust our list. We had put a lot of time and effort into the list that we had created. Um, and, you know, we, we were really aware that 
going off track or going off script on the final day was something that you know we didn't want to do and we weren't prepared to do because we we knew we had done our research we knew we had done the homework uh so we really had to trust what what research we had done um it was a long day or so the outsiders say but it literally felt like 5 minutes um <laughs> and so I can imagine for the players, like it was so cool. Their families were there. The players were waiting for their names to be called. Um, You know, people flew from all over the world to be there. And then obviously, you know, the the structure, the the stage, uh, the professionalism of it all. It was really a really cool uh, environment to be in and to see how much time and effort was put into uh, a women's hockey draft uh, was just uh, uh, incredible. Uh, you know, going up on stage and announcing picks, that was a whole other scary thing. And it's, <laughs> but you got used to it, you know, and, and uh, I ended up doing a couple of picks in French because, and that was totally last minute. And I was like, hey, I want to do these picks in French, write, <laughs> write me my script. And obviously, it's it's pretty, pretty easy script. But um, you know, it was, it was kind of cool to, to go up there and, and even just, you know, I, I had gotten comfortable going up and announcing picks and then it's like, okay, now let's, let's make it more challenging. Started like, getting <laughs> bolder and bolder as yeah. the day went on. Yeah. In- increasing the degree of difficulty. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Danielle, like, give me a couple sentences. This yeah, let's go. I yeah. want to say <laughs> something else. Yeah. I was at that time, I wasn't ready for a couple of sentences, but <laughs> you know, I was ready to try. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, right. it's kind of like what we expect from our athletes. And so if I'm not willing to put myself in that uh, you know, state of vulnerability, like how can the athletes? So did you, cool. did you call the Chris and O'Neill pick? Was that, was that one that was that one that you announced? No. So the first four, uh, were all announced by either a special guest or the GM. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, I, something that, something that just is so interesting to me about the makeup of, of this league and, and the rosters is the idea of seeing players who are kind of slotted in as one thing, maybe on, on the national team. Uh, getting a chance to flourish maybe in like a different a different kind of way, and I feel like Chris o- O'Neill is potentially one of those players. She's like she's a bottom six forward on on the on the on the national team, but you know seems like she could she has, certainly has has the potential for more uh, with with your group in, in particular. Is that is that something that you know makes makes sense? Totally. Um, Chris O'Neill has just continued to climb the international stage. Um, you know she has become. Uh, an extremely reliable player for us on the national team with Team Canada, especially if you watched the last rivalry series, um, playing big minutes, five on five, uh, very good on the kill, um, you know, and, and can even slot in on power play in certain situations as well. Um, you know, she's a player that is hard to play against and and annoying to play against. And you want those types of players on your team. And so, you know, with, with Kristen's work ethic, um, the, the sky is the limit for her. So for us, having somebody like that on our team was made sense. And, uh, Obviously, you can't deny the chemistry there with Laura Stacy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and their ability to play five on five together, but also be, you know, arguably the best two P- PKers in the world. Um, and so, you know, that was important for us to have someone like that who could come in and, and we know what we have. We know what we're going to get every single day and that she's just continuing to climb in her game. I heard she's a beast in fitness testing. That is accurate. I mean, we'll we'll uh, get to see here today, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think she takes a lot of pride in her fitness, and um, it shows on the ice. Um, and her compete level, uh, you know, she goes up against the biggest players in the world, and she goes up against the strongest players in the world, um, and she's hard to play against still. So uh, that's something that she definitely prides herself on. You mentioned that you're your approach is like well aligned with Danielle Sovajo. How much of that was like, were you guys like, yeah, I think we should go out. I think we should go out and sign Marie Philippe Poulin. I, I think, I think that's, I think that's something we should do. Do we, do we, do we have any disagreements here? Are we on the same page? That's it. It's, it seems like a conversation you probably had early. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a debate. Um, no, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but you know, like for, for someone like Poulin, I mean, 
I mean, her her game speaks for itself uh, on the ice and, and her ability to be a game breaker. Um, but, you know, aside from that, the the level of effort that she puts in away from the rink, um, in the gym, on the track, in practice, uh, you know, it's it's something that that a lot of people don't get to see. They often see her on the big stage uh, where her level of preparation has now met the opportunity. Um, and so she, you know, she flourishes in those moments because she puts in the level of effort uh, away from the rink. And and that was a big piece for us as well. Um, when we were drafting, it was important for us to, uh, you know, select players, select people who had a similar alignment in how um, how their work ethic was. And so, you know, we, we know that when they come to Montreal, it's going to be a very hardworking environment. And that is led by players like Poulin and Stacy and O'Neill. And so um, we knew that uh, there had to be some alignment there throughout our throughout our thought process with our draft picks as well. Maybe this is unrelated, but I guess not. Like, do you think you guys are going to name a captain and... In year one? Yeah, you know, that's something that we uh, haven't formally talked about yet as a staff. Um, as you could probably imagine, the amount of uh, things that have needed to be uh, taken care of leading up to the opening kickoff of camp has been through the roof. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what the, the league mandate will be. Um, mm. And I'm sure each team may be on their own to, to do what they will, but I think mm -hmm. it's important to have uh, a leader of the team and, and a leadership group who can help guide. I mean, you know, we're in year one, it's an important year uh, for this league. And so, you know, you do need some good leadership in place. So uh, that will definitely be a topic of conversation that will likely start to happen as training camp uh, kicks off here on the ice. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting, too, because as we're talking to you, there hasn't actually been the on-ice sessions yet. So I just want, like, for anyone listening, being like, I want to hear about players that you've gotten to know a little bit more, like we're still early in the process, but I am really excited to see, because obviously, Corey, you have the relationship with players that you've coached before from the national team or the PWHPA, but there's going to be players in the fold at Montreal camp that you and Danielle are getting to know. You're getting to know their game. Kennedy Marchment um, is one. I mean, her stats like we can see how she played in, in the PHF we can look at her numbers from when she played in Sweden and that's a really exciting player I think for a lot of people and and someone I'm excited to see play with you guys but we're gonna have to wait a few more days I guess <laughs> yeah I mean you're you're bang on like we've had some good interactions with these athletes so far off the ice over uh zoom calls on the phone um, and, uh, it's been nothing but a, but a great experience. And obviously we know that, you know, it's early and so everybody's excited. And, and obviously, uh, as the season goes on, we start to get to know people just a little bit more. Um, but Kennedy Marchman is definitely, uh, somebody who we were really excited about, excited to select in the draft. Um, you know, when you can get an MVP from, from a league that has been, uh, you know, in existence and, and playing games and and someone who knows how to put the puck in the back of the net, uh, you know, that's that's hard to find. And um, especially someone who's willing to go to the blue paint and go into the areas that are a little bit harder to play against. And I think that that sums up Kennedy Marchment. And, uh, you know, from my experience so far with her, uh, she's a great human. And, uh, you know, with with testing, it's a little bit tricky because everybody's kind of everywhere on these these first few days. Um, but trying to have little conversations here and there with them, uh, getting to know them just a little bit more so that when we do hit the ice, it's a little more comfortable uh, for them. And I mean, as coaches, we're kind of used to, you know, no one tells you that when you sign up to be a coach, you basically sign up to be a public speaker. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, that's something that that just comes with the territory. So for us, it's really common to try to have small talk and to, you know, try to smart, uh, speak to little groups and, and it's a little more comfortable for us. And I think it's a little less comfortable for the players. And uh, so having those one-on-one -on -one touch points are, are just a, a, a good way to, to ease people in and to allow them to feel comfortable in the, in a new environment. 
was that something you were prepared for? Like when you got your first like big coaching gig, you were like, oh, I didn't think I would need to talk this much. I'm just here for like the systems, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, if, uh, if you talk to any of my friends or family, um, they would tell you that I never stop talking and uh, <laughs> that I'm also probably the loudest person they've ever met as well. Okay, great. So Love that. That, that has kind <laughs> of... That has actually helped me quite a bit as a coach. Um, but I think what I wasn't prepared for was just how nerve wracking it is to stand up in front of a group, um, especially when you're up there and there's like a Marie Philippe Poulin and an Anne Renee Debian all staring at you basically like, hey, what's the solution here, coach? Meanwhile, you know, it's your first world championship. Uh, there's players on that team. Like I say this all the time, like, you know, I, I showed up at my first world championship and I think Poulin had already been to three Olympics and 10 world championships. Like there's things I can learn from those players too. And so, you know, my approach as a coach is, is, you know, very much that, um, it's important that it's a collaborative process and that we want to learn as much from the players as they're going to learn from us because everybody has different experiences. Like I've never coached over, um, overseas in Europe. So, you know, for those, some of those players who have played over there, like what a great opportunity to pick their brain on things that they like, things that, that worked, things that didn't work. Um, now I know the ice surface is a little bit different, so things may change, but um, you know, what a great opportunity to meet uh, players from all over the world who have so much to offer for us as coaches too. And I mean, and you've had such an interesting and like impressive coaching resume. I mean, you were the first woman to be named full-time assistant with a men's hockey program in U.S. sports when you were with uh, TMU, which was Ryerson at the time, assistant coach with Team Canada, first woman to coach a Canadian men's national team at U18 Worlds. Um, and then you had the guest coach with the Penguins this year. I believe you did something similar with the Coyotes a year or two before with the uh, female coaches program. So just like so many different touch points in the sport, so many different experiences. Um, but I wanted to ask about this Penguins um, guest coaching this year. Um, Cause there were some cool things that came out of that for you too. Like, you know, I, I saw the moment where Mike Sullivan congratulates you on, on the PWHL Montreal job. You do the puck drop uh, in Halifax against the Sens. And it was you, Crosby, Batherson, all like Nova Scotia kids. So that seemed yeah. like a good summer for Corey yeah. Shavery, a good September. <laughs> Honestly, that was kind of a, a dream come true to be called by the Penguins. Um, for me growing up, like Sid was someone that I was like, oh, he, we're the same age, but he's my mm -hmm. favorite player. And, uh, and so to be able to work with the Penguins and work with their staff and be on the ice with their players, like it was, it, it's been really a dream come true in terms of just, you know, you grow up and, and, you know, before, before this year, we didn't necessarily have a full-time opportunity in a women's pro league. So you were kind of always looking to the men's side because that's where truly you would get a full-time position. Um, and so, you know, Pittsburgh has been nothing but, uh, but a classy organization that, that really truly recognizes the importance of, um, how the important role that women play in the sporting industry. And, uh, they've been incredibly supportive, uh, of my career and, and, uh, my journey and, you know, a pretty cool moment was, uh, so Pittsburgh was my first ever training NHL training camp. I had gone to Coyotes development camp mm -hmm. the year before, but this was my first, like with all the, all the big guys, all the stars. And so I was on the bench and I was going to be calling the forwards. Uh, and this was just during camp, but like my first team, I was like, I was coaching Sid. And so like to look <laughs> cool. down and see like Crosby on the back of a Jersey, I was like, where am I right now? Like what, what is happening? Um, so that, that was pretty cool moment for me. And then, you know, they've been so, so incredible with, you know, with whatever I need, I can pick their brains. I can call them at any time. Like yeah, the, the pens are on a five game win streak right now. And I can easily just text Sully and say, Hey, keep it going. Or, you know, it's, and, and we, we chit chat like that. So, um, 
it's been a really cool experience. I don't know what the the process will be moving forward with my time now with uh, with uh, Montreal, but uh, my my experience to date with Pittsburgh has been uh, nothing short of amazing. You could probably take some notes on the public speaking aspect of stuff from Mike Sullivan too. Short and I like sweet. You, I feel like you could pick some <laughs> pick some stuff out and use it yourself from, yeah. from from his approach there. He's a great speaker. Yes, he is. Um, he is. He's very to the point um, and uh, very clear and concise. And, mm-hmm. you know, but that that is it doesn't go without practice. Like, you know, he's he's a veteran in, in the league and and him and his staff are still talking about, you know, the vocabulary that they're going to use mm-hmm. uh, every word that they use. The, the word selection is important to them. And, and that's important to me as well. Players don't want to be inundated with, uh, you know, long wordy explanations of the way you run a power play. It's like, how do we score more goals? How do we Mm -hmm. get the pucks to the net? How can I shoot this puck more quickly? Um, And so uh, I've definitely taken a page out of his books and just, you know, how he uh, carries himself in front of the team and how concise he is. It's a it's a pretty cool, pretty cool experience to hear him speak. Well, this has been a very cool experience for us to have you on the show, Corey. I feel like we wish we could have you on for like another half an hour, but you have a team to run. So we should probably just, we should probably let you go. Oh, yeah. But we no, appreciate it's, it. It's sad. But I, like I said, when I saw, I saw who I was going to be on the call with today, I was like, I, I emailed back in like two seconds. I was like, yes, sure. For sure. When when is it? So um, talking about talking about me, of course. You saw but. Sean Gentilly and you were like, I'm in. Love yeah, that guy. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, no, but uh, you know, Haley, you and I always see each other around the rink and um so it's it's nice to get to sit down and and chit chat and and get to know each other a little bit more. And Sean, it's been a pleasure uh to get to know you on here. I know it's only been, you know, 30 minutes, but uh, th- thank you very much for having me today. I appreciate it. This was great. I, this was way better than me accidentally ignoring you in, in hallways and arenas all the time. Or <laughs> 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 randomly being on the same airplane. The amount one. of times I've of just like, <laughs> no, I like literally stared at Corey once as she like waved and I was like, uh, <laughs> who is that? What's <laughs> happening? Well, I feel like so I'm one who... It was, but I'm the one who's like, she's definitely waving at somebody else. And I'm like the only one in the hallway. Who who is it? Uh, It's me. Could it be me? So this was great. We appreciate it, Corey. No, I, I enjoyed it a lot. So thank you very much. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. 
The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. That was great stuff from Corey. Yeah. It's good to see you guys actually have a conversation that started <laughs> normally and ended normally. I know that seems like that's been a challenge for the two of you thus far. <laughs> I We always see each other at the rink, and I obviously mentioned the awkward waving incidents that have happened over the years. But we're also always randomly on the same flights. And I know it doesn't sound random when we're talking about two people who work in hockey who are in the same places mm-hmm. and going back to the same places. But I'm talking like I spent an extra eight days in Copenhagen after the Women's World Championships and still was on the same flight as Corey Chevry on the way home. Like we just ended up spending the same amount of extra time in Denmark, same flight, same time, just always randomly being like, oh, hey, <laughs> what's, how's it going? Okay, see you later. Uh, so she's great. I honestly was a little sad that she took the Montreal job and wasn't in Toronto selfishly. But Troy Ryan's also a very kind person who I enjoy speaking to. So I shouldn't be too disappointed because that would be a little rude. Just (laughs) pass that along. Haley Salvian would rather you have gotten the, yeah, gotten the, uh, whatever trade job with with, with Corey, put Troy in Montreal and Corey in in Toronto. Oh, well, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but that was great. It was happy to have her on. Um, obviously, this episode has been a little bit more like postcards from Sweden and PWHL focused. Um, you know, we could get into the Vancouver Canucks a little bit. Uh, they're top in the Western Conference, but we don't really have time. And the one thing that I think we should talk about very quickly uh, as it relates to the PWHL is the big announcements of this week. Obviously, training camps have opened, as we said, with Corey. Uh, on-ice sessions start on Friday. And earlier this week, the jerseys were mm-hmm. announced. And the early reviews are quite bad, as you can imagine, um, because the jerseys are just very basic, right? They're, there's no team names. There's no logos. And this is something that... We kind of knew it was going to happen for a while. Um, we reported it in The Athletic several months ago. I had heard when the jerseys got ordered back in August, like the jersey orders in, they're just city names. Mm-hmm. It's just Toronto. It's just Ottawa. And so I feel like I've had a lot of time to think about that. Right. And people keep saying to me like you don't have to do PR for the league like say how you really feel I don't care I I, (laughs) and I don't I personally don't care but I also don't want to this has gotten we've gotten into this cycle of like people telling fans how to feel and that's what I don't want to do like if you're a fan of this league and you wanted a cool team name and you wanted a logo and you wanted a jersey to buy and you're pissed that's valid Mm -hmm. totally get it um but at the same time, I think the player experience and what's important to them and what's important to the fans are very different, right? Like, I think we keep, this conversation keeps going back to why would they boycott the PHF when the PHF had XYZ better? And I just think one thing I'll say is like the PWHPA players weren't boycotting because of jerseys, right? right like right. that was not what they're fighting for. They were fighting for player protection, for resources, for infrastructure, for the backing, right? And like this league has all those things in a way that we have never seen. Even just the facilities, the the facility Corey Chevry's in, the facility that the Toronto team's in, they're practicing where the Leafs practice. Like they have a gym, they have the rinks, they're having a new locker room being built. Um, You know, the Boston... Sport Institute where their training is something we haven't seen. So I don't know. I get it. I get why fans are upset. And I also yeah, understand. I think it's, it's possible to hold both of those viewpoints, right? Where you say like, yeah, the, the infrastructure is in a place <clears throat> right now that it wasn't in the past. You know, the arrows pointing up in general, mm-hmm. but also like, but also we're disappointed. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah. And also like this, and we're still on day, whatever, it's been 48 hours or however long it's been since fans, you know, have been 
have uh, have come to the realization that they're not going to have mm-hmm. permanent jerseys to buy for this season. So, you know, well, I, we don't know that. Oh, well, permanent, I guess. Yeah, the, like we don't know what the merch is going to look like. But yes, you're right. You're what, right. There that there's that there is that disconnect between what they're going to yeah. wear, you know, a year from now versus what they're what they're currently wearing, right? Totally. So I, I I think everyone just needs to. I, it it feels like a situation where everyone just needs needs to remember that you can feel two ways at the same time. Totally. And, and, and that they're not necessarily. It's not an either or proposition. Like things are things yes. are going well, but they're also, you know, the task was also to cram a whole bunch of stuff into like six months, and you know, it's it it, it is what it is. There's gonna be there's gonna be bells and whistles and little fi- and you know finishing touches that aren't you know, that aren't quite in place. I think the issue here, and it seems like the issue that people had is that Jersey, like permanent jerseys and team names and arena locations in November and all that stuff, those aren't, that's not crown molding. That's not, you know, nice, yeah, nice, fix, that's not, the window that's dressing, not nice yeah. fixtures in a, in a, in a, in a bathroom. This is like serious bedrock fundamental stuff. And it's understandable that people are frustrated that it's not in place at the moment that doesn't mean it won't be that doesn't mean that it's that yeah. it's any kind of you know uh you know negative bellwether for what's going on and it on. also just, and it also doesn't it mean that the league is like inherently bad or Correct. worse than Correct. what we previously had right because i i just think like jerseys and logos is not always like the accurate barometer for like the overall health of a league. The CWHL had great jerseys, great logos, awesome team names. They, they didn't pay players until yeah. 2019 and yep. they had no money. Yep. They had to go to their sponsors at the end of every year and say, can you please make a donation or we're screwed? And yep. WHL had great jerseys for day one launch and they slashed player salaries by year two. Um, these are not like, you know, we don't need to bring up the past every time we have these conversations. But I think that is part of this conversation is like, look at what we had. And now we don't have it. And I do think it's important to say like jerseys are not always the most accurate representation of what's under the hood. So I understand why fans are upset though. Like I think there's too many media people telling fans how they should feel and how to act as fans and not interested in doing that either. So what else is new that that lets you know that the <laughs> league is really starting to make it when you have media people uh-huh. that are telling fans how they should feel about about any given totally about any, any given situation. Totally. Okay. Sean, I think you need to leave. I need to leave. Yes. Sean has some cool things that he's, uh, I can't speak. Sean has some cool things that he's working on in Raleigh. So, uh, we just want to remind you all that you can subscribe to the athletic NHL's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the athletic hockey show. If you want to see Max's little cinnamon buns and the big cinnamon buns, check out the YouTube. Uh, that's going to be the clip for sure. We're telling Danielle to clip just the cinnamon bun chat, not the Corey Shepard chat. Who doesn't want to <laughs> see Max's little cinnamon buns? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's making me feel uncomfortable. Uh, and the Athletic Hockey Show returns on Friday with the Prospect Series with Max Boltman again and Corey Pronman. Thanks everyone for listening to this uh, Thursday show with myself. It's me, Haley, and Sean, and a little bit of Max. Thanks. <laughs>